0: How's everybody doing this morning? You guys doing well? Hey, everybody. Welcome to our friend day, and uh, I'm just so excited that you are here this morning to celebrate friendship. Now, here's a little bit of, the, uh, here's a little bit of our, our, our motivation for this, is that we're sick of looking at the same exact people every single week, so we needed some new blood, <laughs> and we told you just bring some new people, because we don't want to look at you anymore. We want to see your friends. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. No, the reason why we do this is because we really would love to get to know, uh, uh, you know your friends and give you an opportunity to hang out, because here's something I've learned. When I go to a party... Like, one of the worst things in the world is going to a party just by yourself. What makes it better? Hanging out with some friends, right? And so this morning, we want this to be an exciting time. We want this to be part of a, uh, a little bit of a party atmosphere. And I also want to do something kind of fun. We don't do this all the time, uh, but I keep saying that, but I, I keep pulling it out of the, out of the hat. But um, we're going to play a game. So I would like to invite up two friends that are here this morning, Eric and Jose. Come on up. Come on up. Yes, give it up for them. Alright, you can pick either seat, it doesn't matter. We'll judge you based on, oh! I'll be there for this is part of that friend dynamic that I just, I absolutely love about these two. Um, I really expect that to be a lot more like The Price is Right. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to play musical chairs. Um, no, I'm just we're not doing that. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask each of them five questions, okay? Now, here's what they're trying to do. They're trying to match the same answers. Now, I haven't tipped them up ahead of time. They haven't compared notes. What we're doing is we're gonna find out like, how alike are these two alleged friends, okay? So um, here's the deal. If they, get, if they get two or more right, they're gonna get some, I found these in my office, they are chewy granola bars. But if they get all of them right, we've got some Starbucks cards for them. So are you guys ready? Do you have your markers ready? Okay, here's your very first question. Where did you meet? Where did you meet for the very first time? All right. We can already tell there's a difference in detail for both of them. All right. So here we go. Jose, where did you guys meet? Yeah, you can say it. All right. Where did you guys meet? All right. They met at work. That's one for one. Okay, perfect. All right. Here's the next question. What is Jose's favorite movie what is jose's favorite movie of all time well you're going to have to make one up on the spot so we're going to be we're going to be 1 for 2 that's what i've just learned okay so what is jose's favorite movie of all time all right so we're you can just stop writing, Eric. You can just stop writing. So, all right. So, Eric, what do you think his favorite movie is? I put Ronin or Goodfellas. All right. Did you write Ronin or Goodfellas? No. What did you write? I love you, man. Oh. You, he, wrote, he wrote a movie that's all about friendship. So, okay, here we go. Speaking of movies, what is the best Bruce Willis movie of all time? What is the best Bruce Willis movie of all time? If... If you guys are not synced up on this, I doubt your entire friendship. Okay, so what is your favorite, what is, what is the best Bruce Willis movie of all time? All right, so here we go. And the answer is, hold them up together, one, two, three. That's right, Die Hard. And just so you know, that is the only acceptable, acceptable answer to that question ever. Okay, if you guys are gonna hang out for an afternoon, what are you doing? If you're going to hang out for an afternoon, what are you doing? All right. Man, you guys might actually be friends. This is pretty incredible. All right. Here we go. What do we got? Watching the Dodgers. All right. Jose, did you write watching the Dodgers? Uh, sort of. I just put baseball. So. Right. So that's... Given a forum, they are almost—they are almost a Starbucks land. All right, here we go. The final question: the very best fast food in the world is what is it? The very best fast food in the world. Don't let them give you the answer. Don't let them give you the answer. We don't need any comments from the peanut gallery. All right. The very best fast food in the world is none other than what hold them up together three two one in and out good job you guys are actually friends i i had my doubts up until right now and here we go so hey guys uh we just want to celebrate friendship today and we want to give you the opportunity to make some new friends so everybody stand up right now look around find somebody you know find somebody you don't know give them a high five handshake hug Well, good morning again. Um, hey, uh, this week we're starting a brand new series called Heart for Home, and we're going to be giving some more explanation on that. But uh, before we even get into that part of the message, um, I don't know if you've ever experienced this. Maybe you're like looking for, uh, maybe you're looking to take a vacation, and you go onto one of those websites like Yelp or, you know, even, even like Travelocity, Expedia, it doesn't matter, TripAdvisor, and uh, you start, you start looking at different hotels, and you notice that there, there are photos that are uploaded of, of the resort okay, and so you start clicking on the photos, and you start looking through these, and you start thinking, like, man, these are amazing, like, these are just incredible, uh, this is just an incredible place, and even though there's only, like, a $70 a night, like, you know, charge to it, you're thinking, like, this place looks like it's the Ritz, like, this is so, I, I know it has two and a half stars, but, like, it, it looks incredible, uh, until what you start to notice is that there is a huge difference between, like, the, uh, here, let's go back, let's go all the way back to the, the very first photo, um, You start noticing there's a huge difference between the photos that are uploaded by the hotel and then, like, maybe the user uploaded photo. Have you guys ever experienced this? Like, like that room is, like, the size of a cruise ship room, right? Like, there's a huge difference. Okay, let's look at this next one. So, like, this one, oh, you just think, oh, look at this luxurious pool. It's going to be so nice to hang out in until you find out it's barely larger than a hot tub. Have you guys ever experienced this? Or maybe this one, like... You go, and they're like, oh, man, I really want to go to this beach that looks so nice, until you actually get there. And, oh, what do you know, there's, like, you know, you, you your hands are like this, and you've touched, like, seven other people. Like, it's, that's not great. Um, have you experienced this, where, like, you go on to one of these websites, and there's always, like, a better image. Like, there's always a better picture of what the place actually is than maybe what reality has to say about it. You know, what's even worse is when there are no user photographs uploaded and you're the one who gets to discover that it's nothing like the pictures uploaded. Um, maybe some of you have done online dating and it's like the same exact experience, right? You're like, whoa, 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 that person is not who they were in the picture. That picture might be 20 years old, maybe. It's like, I don't know if you've experienced that, but there's a difference. Here's something I sometimes wonder, though. Like, is that a metaphor for me? Like, is this, is this like a metaphor for my life? Now, hear me out for this. Um, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if you ever thought about this, but uh, raise your, just raise your hand, not about the person sitting next to you, but raise your hand if you know somebody with some flaws, okay? Like, you just know somebody with with some flaws. Okay, yeah, that should be everybody. Do you ever wonder, does that person know they have these flaws? You know, because, like, sometimes your interaction with them, like, I don't, I don't think they get it. Like, I don't think they know. Like, you have a conversation, and they're, like, a close talker, where, like, they're within, like, two inches of your face, and they're having the whole conversation. And you're like, man, I don't think you've brushed your teeth in the last, like, the last, like two weeks. D- does that person know that about themselves? You know, or maybe like, you know, I actually know this about myself. But somebody that as soon as they get onto a phone, their voice raises like twenty decibels. You know, you know, I'm saying like they cannot have a private, quiet conversation on the phone where this is how they're talking. But then when they get on the phone, they're like they're yelling at the other person. Do, do they know that that happens? Like, here's another way of thinking about it. Like, if you're a jerk, do you know that you're a jerk? And the third reason I ask this is because I think that the vast majority of us, like, we don't really know all of the flaws that we, that we actually have. Right? Does this resonate? Like, you, you, you sometimes think that maybe my life looks a lot like the, the user uploaded photos versus the professional ones by the hotel. They're like, in my mind, I have a picture that everything is put together. Everybody likes me. I've got everything, I've got everything in place. But in reality... The pictures look a lot different. You know, and here's something that that you might be thinking like, well, okay, that might be true about some people, but not me, because like I'm very self-aware. Like, trust me, Matt, nobody is tougher on me than me. And I just have some news to break to you for a second. Um, And I know this might be a huge revelation, and nobody might have ever told you this before, but wait for it, people are complicated, okay? And so here's the truth. There's two simultaneous truths. Nobody is tougher on you than you on some things, but at the same time, nobody is softer on you than you on some things. I don't know if you really thought about this. And here's the thing is, I I know this is true, because I'm somebody who works in the nonprofit sector, and um, I I get all this research that comes at me, and I I read all this stuff about just, uh, you know, giving patterns of of people. And here's something that I know is true, because I've experienced it firsthand, like, myself, where maybe you reach the end of the year, and somebody sends out, like, the year-end, like, giving statements, uh, like, from a charity that you give to, you know, whether it's, you know, Salvation Army, you know, a church, whatever it is. And you get it back, and you start reading through it, and you start thinking... Man, I really thought I gave more than this. Like, where does that phenomenon come from? Well, it's because on some things that you're the toughest person you know, but on other things that you are the softest person. Maybe this experience, maybe you had this experience with the doctor where you go in and you sit down on the, uh, you know, on that bench thing that they've got in the doctor's office, and they look at you and they say, hey, you know, some of your vitals are way off. And your first thought is, me? I thought it was super healthy. But the thing is you're not thinking about like the 345 mornings that you didn't get up to exercise. You're not thinking about the 275 evenings where you binged on desserts. You're not thinking about all of the different times when you, know, you, could, have said, you could have said no but you said yes instead or the times when you should have said yes and you said no. And the reason why is because in some parts of our life nobody is softer on you than You. Okay, like that's like surface level. Let's, let's go down a, a different level. And I, I'm going to tell, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you a little bit about myself in a second. And uh, if for, some of you, for those of you who think that somebody tipped me off that you were going to be here this morning, believe me, nobody has told me that you would be here. Um, if this resonates with you, that's just because you are a human being. I don't know if you've ever experienced this where um, you go and you sit down with some, with some friends who are in the exact same station of life as you okay so this isn't this isn't a set of friends that are you know five years ten years fifteen years further along in their career and older like this is these are people like you graduated high school with these are people you graduated college with these are people that you started in your career at the same time as and you're sitting down at dinner with them and let me remind you these are your friends like these are the people that you like these are the people you like to go to dinner with these are the people that you like to go on vacation with and your friends sitting across the table tell you yeah i i just got a big promotion I got a huge bonus. In fact, we're going to take that bonus and we're going to buy that house in that neighborhood that we all love. And guess what? My wife, she's pregnant too. Like, this is so exciting. And in that moment, when, you know, let me remind you, these are your friends. You don't feel this excitement for them. You don't feel like this overwhelming sense of gratitude that everything's finally going right for them. You have a different emotion start to well up inside of you. And a litany of questions start to, like, flood through your mind. Like, why them? Like, why didn't that happen to me? Why, why couldn't I get the house? Like, what, why didn't I get the promotion? Why, why aren't we pregnant? And you start having all of those questions. And don't you hate that when that happens? Like, don't you find yourself, like, walking away from that dinner with two simultaneous emotions one of just jealousy, but then the second of just, like, guilt, that you would feel jealous about a friend? Where does that come from? Where is this coming from? Like, what is happening that, that would make you have this thought? Well, just so you know, this is not some sort of alien emotion that just, like, got transmitted into your brain completely against your, your, your wishes, This is something that's flowing straight from your heart. And your heart is going to set the direction for the rest of your life. And don't you want to be better at life? Like, don't you want to get an A in life? Now, I recently heard this story about this hiker who was walking along this, uh, this trail that followed right alongside a river. And as he's going, he's just soaking in all the beauty around him. And it's like just the most perfect, serene afternoon of his life. And um, as, as he's walking along and he's just admiring the beauty of nature, he looks down and he starts to see that there's some trash floating in the current. So he's like, you know i, I got this thing here. So he reaches into his bag and he pulls out like a, a, like a plastic trash bag. And he, he starts fishing some of the trash out of the river. And it doesn't take very long before he fills the bag. And so he turns around, heads back to his car, gets rid of the trash, and goes home. Well, that next week comes around, and he's like, I want to do that same hike again. That was just, it was just so comfortable, I loved it. So he, he goes out for the hike, and as he gets to that same spot in the river, he looks down, and what do you know, there's, there's more trash again. But he's ready this time. So he reaches out, and this time he has a, he has a larger trash bag. And he starts fishing the trash out of the river, and he, it doesn't take very long before he fills this all, all the way up and he heads back to his car, and he's, he says to himself, I, I'm going to resolve. I'm going to make my neighborhood better. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave my community better than the way I found it. So I'm going to take it upon myself. I'm going to come here every single week, and I'm going to fish as much trash out of, the, out of the river as I can. And so every single Friday, he, he loads up his bag, he puts trash bags in his backpack, and he starts going on the hike, and Sure enough, at the same spot, he always finds trash, and he has no problem filling up the bags. And he does this day after day after day, week after week after week. And it just seems like no matter how hard he tries, the problem doesn't get any better. In fact, the further upstream he gets, he just finds more and more trash. And so he's sitting down with one of his friends, and he starts to share this experience with them. And his friend tells him, like, you know, you're never going to solve that problem. And the hiker is taken a little bit aback by his his friend's negativity and his pessimism pessimism towards all this. He says, what do you mean? What do you mean, like, this isn't going to get any better? I'm, I'm going every single week, and I'm filling these trash bags. And his friend says, no, 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 what you don't understand is that if you follow that stream all the way up to the river mouth, some brilliant municipality decided to put a landfill right next to it. And for the last, the last 10, 15 years, trash has been slowly but surely seeping into that river and flowing downstream. And his friend's like, well, dang. I'm never going to be able to solve this problem. And why is that? Because the, bigger is, the problem is so much bigger and it's so much more cemented than any amount of trash bags he could come and fish out of the river. The problem is so much bigger than that. And so it is true with us. No matter how hard that guy worked, he was never going to solve that problem. And for a lot of us, there is something sitting so near the source of our life, so close to the source of our actions, our morality, the decisions, the words that come out of our mouth. And no matter how many trash bags you try and like bring into that situation and fish it out, you're not going to solve that one easily. Who you are, it flows from your heart. Who you are flows from your heart. Have you ever said something or you've done something and the first thing you thought is like, why did I do that? That came from your heart. That's not a surprise. It came from within you. Our actions, our words, who we are, are all symptoms of whatever is sitting upstream near the river mouth of our life. It's our heart. And just, you know, this is not like an original idea. Like, I didn't get in my office a week and just like, oh, man, what can I talk about? And, like, I created all this. This is something that came actually straight from the Bible. In fact, 3,000 years ago, uh, the, the wise king Solomon actually penned these words in Proverbs 4.23. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Now, I want to take this a, a step further. See, the word heart, it comes up a lot in the Bible. And the reason for it is it's the picture used for the center of our emotional, our intellectual, and our moral activity. Now, I'm going to take this a step further. See, ancient peoples, like not having like a full biology textbook to pull from, uh, they knew that the heart was important. Like just the way that we do. Like they knew the heart was important, but they thought it worked differently than maybe we do. See, we know like the heart is the organ that pumps blood to the rest of our body. But for them, they knew the heart sat in one of the most protected parts of your body, right in the center. And they assumed that the heart was the organ that steered everything else. And so what they did is they said, this is a perfect metaphor and perfect analogy for the inner motivation, the inner desires that rest inside of us. And so that's why we see the word heart come up so often. It's the center of your emotional, your intellectual, your moral, act, uh, your moral activity. And if you guys can guess, like that is immensely important. That's one of the reasons why Jesus himself actually said these words once. He said, you know, the words that come out of your mouth are actually just coming from the overflow of your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when that idle word slips out and you immediately say, oh, I shouldn't have said that. The question is not, why did I say that? Because it was always in there. It was always there your heart dictates a lot your heart is the source of the success that you're going to have in your profession your heart is going to be the success and the quality and the depth of your relationships your heart is the river mouth for the future trajectory of your family and so with that said do you want to be better at life if you say yes, I want to be better at life," here's where it starts. It starts with healthy heart habits." How do you do that? You know, sociologists when on this whole topic of habits, they say that it takes 66 days of repeated action before it becomes a habit. So, you know, in January when we all set our resolutions and we say, like, this is the year, I'm finally getting healthy. And we try and eat healthy for, like, a week and then we give up on it. The reason why it didn't stick is because it takes 66 days of repeated action before it actually becomes a habit. If you've ever found yourself a month into trying to quit something, and just, like, it, after a month it just drops off and it didn't stick, and you wonder, like, why did that happen? That's because it takes 66 days of repeated actions Before it becomes a true habit. And so that's why we at Crosspoint are starting a brand new spiritual growth journey today that's going to last for the next 70 days. And the reasons why it's going to last 70 and not 66 is because in 66 days, it's like a Tuesday. And so we wanted this to end on a Sunday so that we could actually talk about this together. Um, But for the next 70 days, I would like to invite you to go on a spiritual journey with me. Some of you have already said we're in on this, we're going to do this. But for those of you who are just, you know, you're wondering like, You know, should I, should I not? Let me ask the question. Do you want to be better at life? Because from the direction of your heart, your entire life moves sway. And so over the next 70 days, we're not going to do something weird. We're not doing anything crazy. We're going to use five different approaches to try and get ourselves onto a path for healthy heart habits. The first is we're going to listen. So listening. We're going to do that by being here every Sunday at 1030. The second is we're going to do it through reading. And I get it. Some of you are not readers, but I just want to challenge you. Read a book over the next 70 days. In fact, I'm going to suggest the book for you. It's called Soul Hunger. We're selling copies of it in the lobby. We get them for $9.95. We're going to sell them to you for $10. Um, so we're going to make five cents profit, but don't tell anybody. Um, but I only challenge you, this is an incredible book that explores this whole topic that we're talking about over the next 70 days. Um, like I said, if you'd like to purchase one, you can get one at Guest Services for 10 bucks. The third thing that we're doing is we're discussing through our growth groups. If you haven't joined a growth group yet, it's not too late. Um, This last week our group started, but it was just orientation week. You haven't missed any part of the study yet. You can still sign up on your connection card and grabbing one of our menus in the lobby. The fourth is by focusing. Over the next 10 weeks, we're going to focus on one verse a week. Now, we're going to talk about more than one verse. But during our services, we want to challenge you to focus and read just one verse throughout your week. That's going to help you develop healthy heart habits. And the fifth is by doing. And here's what you're going to do. Taking next steps in your spiritual journey. Your next step. It might be serving for the very first time. In some area of our church. It might be. It might be that your right next step is getting baptized. Maybe your right next step is just simply joining the growth group. But what we're doing is if you want to develop healthy heart habits. It's going to take 70 days. To get these locked in. We're going to look at it from five different approaches. And what we're going to do is we're going to study over the next ten weeks this list that was given to us. 1900 years ago to the church of Galatia. What happened is this guy named Paul who had started the church, he's writing a letter back to these people that he had spent this time with. And he says to them, you know, there is a whole list of words that, that your natural humanity like just naturally develops. But there are also these nine words that the Spirit, that God himself is trying to produce inside of you. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take the next ten weeks and we're going to look at these words one by one. Doing a deep dive on every single one of them. Because I believe this, if you can develop healthy heart habits, your entire life can change. If you can develop healthy heart habits, your family will be different. If you can develop healthy heart habits, you'll be better at work. You'll be better in your job. You'll be better at life. So this is actually the list right here. It says this in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. We have it here on the screen. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And there is no law against these things. Think about that for a second. Here is the claim that the Bible is making when it comes to these nine words. Whether you're a Jesus follower or not. Whether you are an American or not. Whether you're in this socioeconomic class or not, whether you're in this ethnic group or not, whether you were born in this part of the world or not, it does not matter. There is no law against these things. In fact, I would even venture to say that if you take a look at those nine words and you start to really think about them, you have no negative memories attached to those words. Like, at no point where you're like, you know what? That person was way too kind to me. Like, I just, it just got on my nerves. I hated it. They were just too nice, right? Like, you don't have those types of bad memories. You might have somebody, like, who was annoying to you. But as far as, like, Ben, you know what? That, that teacher when I was in school was just way too gentle. Like, they were just way too gentle on me. That was not good. Or, you know, my mom, she was way too loving. Like, over the top loving. I'm guessing you don't have any negative emotions attached to these words. And why? Because there is no law against them. That this is something that if you're truly honest, you want these to be true in your life. You want to be better at love. You want to be better at at being joyful. You want to be more peaceful. You want to be more patient, more kind. And here's the thing. This is really incredible about that verse. It says that the Spirit produces these inside of you. The Spirit produces them inside of you. So even if you're not naturally good in these areas... Like, you might be somebody that's like, you're a naturally peaceful person because you're just really scared about, like, you know, confrontation. And you're just like, I'm, I'm very peaceful. My, chances are, you might be okay on that one, but you're missing it on another one. And even if you're missing it in another one, this is the claim it's making. God will produce this inside of you. You can grow in these areas. And so what I think is really important as we start this journey today, as we dive deeper into our Heart for Home study, is that you take a spiritual EKG, that we check your heart right here, right now. So um, when you're walking in today, you sure received a program, and if you open that program right up, we have over on the right-hand side of the inside, two charts. You'll notice that they have those nine words listed on them, and here's all I'm asking you to do. Take a moment... And just kind of ask yourself, how do I rate on love? And just put a dot where you really feel like you, you rest on love. Like, let's just pretend on like, for love. Like, five is you're like Mother Teresa level, okay? Like you're you're moving to Calcutta and you are just giving yourself to the needy people um, that are like, you know, sick, okay? Let's just say one. One, you're the type of person that drives on the shoulder during rush hour traffic because you don't want to have to wait with everybody else. You know who you are? That's a very unloving thing to do. So let's just say, like, that's your that's your scale. One is you will not wait in traffic. Number five is you are like you are Mother Teresa. Just mark like where you're at, and I know you're gonna be tempted. To just give yourself a three on everything, or you're gonna give it a two, and you're be like, I could be so much better. Now just be honest with yourself. Just you know, I'm not collecting this. You're not trading this with your neighbor. Like nobody's gonna look at it. Um, you can burn these when we're done. Don't put your name on it. I promise you. Um, uh truthfulness is not one of them um but i still want you to be i still want you to be honest okay i want you to be honest on this um so like just let's just take these one by one just kind of ask yourself how am i doing love on a scale of one to five how loving am i joy am i am i a joyful person or am i always pessimistic about the future When things aren't going my way, can I still find that there's a silver lining there? That I feel like I can still have an optimism about the future because I have some hope, right? I've got something that I'm looking forward to. Peace. When things are breaking down around you, are you anxious? Or do you have some peace in your life? Maybe when something's going wrong in somebody else's life. Are you tempted to walk in with a big gallon of gasoline and just pour it on there because you love stirring things up? Or are you somebody that's going to walk in with some water and put it out? Where would you rate yourself on peace? On a one to five scale? What about patience? That one's a little tough, isn't it? Are you already counting down how many of these I have left? Right? Like, how patient are you? Can you wait? Can you wait without distracting yourself? When, When God... When God doesn't seem to show up, are you, are you okay just like waiting for him to give you an answer? What about kindness? Is this a word that other people would use to describe? I know that you would describe yourself as kind, but would other people describe you as kind? Faithfulness. Are you a person of your word? Are you somebody that, that when you say yes, you actually mean yes, or when you say no... You might do it, you might not. You don't really want to commit to anything. Are you, are you a faithful person? What about gentleness? Like maybe when somebody really deserves a harsh word, like, and like they, they have it coming. Do you lean in and just like let them have it? Or are you willing to be gentle with them? How would you rate yourself in your gentleness? Okay, here's a tough one. Self-control. Have you ever just used this as an excuse? Hey, I can't help it. Have you ever used this as an excuse? That's just who I am. Are you in control of you? Maybe is there something else that just like has hold of your heart? That you tell yourself all the time, don't do it, don't do it. And then, oh, I did it. Don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. Oh, I said it. Don't hang out with these friends because they're going to lead you down a bad path. Oh, here I am. Do you have some control over yourself? Like I said, there's some good news here. If you rate really low in these things, God can produce these inside of you. Now, here's what you can do with this if you really want to. Like, You, know, you can actually check what your heartbeat looks like and connect your dots and you have your own little spiritual EKG. That's kind of fun. Um, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about this. I want you to look at what you rated yourself as. And actually, am I I content with this? Because there's probably one of two truths that are happening right now. The first truth is that you're honest. And you found out, like, you know what, there's some areas of, of my life that I could produce some patience. I could be more gentle. I could be more kind. Or the other truth is that maybe your life looks a lot like those photos at the beginning of our talk that you think you've got it all together but the other pictures that are being uploaded by people other than you show a completely different reality here's why this is so incredibly important here's why God wants to develop these inside of you you know there's this time where this man walks up to Jesus and he says to him like Lord what's the most important command in all the Bible like just you know We read about 10, but then there's like 400 others, and like, I just, I feel like I'm wearing myself out, just trying to like keep everything that the Bible says. Like, so Jesus, just tell me, like, because I can't do everything, so prioritize them for me. What is the most important commandment that I can do? It's really incredible, because what Jesus does next is he summarizes the entire Bible. You know, if you've ever like looked at your Bible and thought, this is intimidating, there's no way I'll ever read this. Um, Don't worry, Jesus has just given us the notes for the entire Bible. And what he does is he reduces it all down to two things. He reduces the entire Bible, all the law, all the prophets, all the history that we've got. He reduces it down to these two things. And it actually says this in Mark 12, 29-31. It says the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel. The Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind all your strength but he doesn't stop there he says the second is equally important you need to love your neighbor as yourself no other commandment is greater than these so if this is true that this is what the whole bible is about that we as jesus followers this is what we've committed ourselves to if this is if this is what we're talking about that means that those nine words those nine attributes that God wants to develop inside of your heart, that will set the trajectory of your future, that will determine the depth and the quality of your relationships. All comes down to these two things. How do you love God? And how do you love other people? That's why these are so important. See, what happens is when when the Spirit produces these nine things inside of us, you get better at loving other people. You want to be better at life? You treat people with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Right? There's no law against this. The reason why it's so incredibly important that we develop healthy heart habits is because ultimately it's a reflection of how God has treated us and how we are treating other people. God wants to change your heart. Because it's going to allow you to better love him and love other people. Do you want to be better at life? You have got to change your heart. And do you want to know how to change your heart? We you follow Jesus. And I believe that following Jesus will make your life better, and it will also make you better at life. So for the next seventy days, I want to invite you, join me on this journey. If you're somebody that's just like, you're here because your friend invited you, like, don't worry, like, you're not obligated. We're not going to shun you if, like, you say, like, I'm not about this. Like, no, you're, you're, you're totally fine. But maybe, just maybe, you're here, and you're thinking, you know what? I would like to be better at life. I would like to have these words naturally produced inside of me. I would like to be better at life. I believe that God's inviting us on a journey together, that over the next 10 weeks, as we study this list in depth, as we look at people in the Bible who exemplified these attributes and people that, that worked against it and their life fell apart, that God can develop inside something inside of you that will completely change your future. Hey, let's pray. God, we love you and we thank you just for giving us this blueprint for life. God, I ask that, that we would not take you for granted, that we would not treat you as if you're just another thing, that God, that we would be serious about this, that God, that we would be serious about you, and that, God, that you would begin to change our heart from the inside out. That we would recognize that you are the center of everything that we do. And if we make you the center and it changes who we are on the inside, everything else will be different. And I pray in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, at this time, I want to invite our ushers to the front um, as we prepare to receive our offering. And I also want to invite you to pull out your connection card that we were talking about earlier in our service. And the reason why is because on, our, on the back side, we have next steps that I believe anybody and everybody can take in their spiritual journey. And so you might notice that these are some of the next steps you can take, that I'm asking Jesus to forgive me my sins and take full control of my life for the very first time. Uh, you might be somebody that, that's always wondering, like, where, where does this start? Like, where's this whole Jesus following thing start? It starts right there. It's a declaration. Like, you know, I don't have what it takes to get to God, but I believe that Jesus did what it takes for me. So what we believe as followers of Jesus is that, that every single one of us, we are not good at life. And that in spite of all of our mistakes, in spite of all the things that we've messed up, God said, I love you too much to leave you there. And so he sent his one and only son down to earth. He lived a perfect life and he went on the cross. And as he went on the cross, he paid the penalty for every mistake you and I have ever made. And then what happened is they took his dead body off of the cross and they put it in a grave and he overcame death. He overcame Satan, he overcame sin as a declaration. That he is greater than that. And that there is nothing that you could do that would keep you from God's love. Not even death could separate God from life. And neither can your sins. And that's the first place to start. The second is this. I will commit to attending this series for the next 70 days as much as possible. I get it. If you go on vacation, kids get sick, there's all sorts of things that might keep you from church. That's not a problem. But just as much as you are in control, you're going to make this a priority for the next 70 days, just as much as possible. The third is I'll read the book, Soul Hunger. Whether you pick up a copy today or later, the fourth is sign up for group number. And in our lobby, you can find, uh, you can find a, uh, uh, one of our menus. But Crosspoint, at this time, we're going to prepare to receive our offering. And if you would like to take a next step, you can drop your connection card in the bucket. If you're one of our faithful givers, uh, we have our ways to give on, on the screen right there. You can either give online at crosspoint.com slash donate or right now in the service by using that envelope that was inside your program, um, I just want to thank you for your generosity. And just two more things before I leave the stage is that as soon as we're done with this service, uh, we're going to be celebrating friendship out on the uh, out in our front. Uh, with uh, we're going to have cornhole, we're going to have hot dogs, hang around even if it's for only 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, grab a hot dog with us, hang out. It'll be a lot of fun. And then also um, this morning we're going to be celebrating baptism. And so as, we are, uh, as we're baptizing, if you would just celebrate with us, let everybody know that you're excited for life change, uh, I'd appreciate that. So uh, Crosspoint love you, and um, I'll see you guys outside.